This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing. I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast ahead of what is another game with such importance as we continue our battle for survival. It is of course Luton Town versus Sheffield United. I'm here with a full house with Jamie Castle, Kieran Robertson and Finlay Cannon to preview this fixture in all its glory. Jamie, first of all, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, it's nice to have a full house. Uh, I had a stint of only having two people because we've got busy lives, work lives, etc. Holidays, um, but nice to get back to a full quorum. Um, and Mark, you got to get the, get this four man template out for, for for the video recording. So just just giving you some extra work as well, mate. Cheers. And I messed up the intro as well. So again, <laughs> Kieran, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Like Jamie said, then. Busy, really busy work week to be honest busy busy as ever um two more busy days straight into chef united so you best believe that between now and saturday when i'm taking that drive back up the loot and without the sat nav oh mate it's it's gonna be good it's gonna fly by just like that and we'll be sat in the kenny again and finn what about you back on today yeah it's good to be back i'm looking forward to saturday hopefully it comes quickly because I'm looking forward to be back in the Kenny again. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all in this sort of state of just excitement at the moment. The football being shown, the football on display at Kenworth Road and away from home as well with that Newcastle game is of very, very high quality. So yes, of course, we're going to be very excited. But 
going into this game, it's an interesting one because it's probably the best we've felt all season. Um, obviously, you might have different opinions with that, but it's the best I've felt this season about our club. And there's a potential banana skin in front of us, which um, does concern me slightly. Jamie, it's a potential balloon burster. Um, is that a good way to put it? Yeah, spot on. Um, it's It feels quite nice to say this, but it's the Premier League game of the season where we go into it as favourites. On paper, we go into it as the stronger team, um, the informed team, not just against Sheffield United, but against most of the league now with, what, fifth or sixth in the form table. Um, but yeah, it's one that we've got to be really careful about not getting complacent. Um yeah, let's, let's make no bones about it. They've been awful this season, Sheffield United. Um, they've that they've been the team that I think a lot of the neutral fans thought we would be in terms of the whole Derby's point record, etc. Um, but we've seen just on Boxing Day how how difficult they can be to a break down and b defend against. They've got some very good players. We know what Gus Harmer can do. We know what what Ben Burton Diaz can do. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a throwback to a to a good old championship ding dong. Um, so one I'm looking forward to because as as good as the, the the Premier League type games are against your your Man Cities and your Liverpools are, um, it's, it's also good just to throw it back to a proper English football game. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The Kenny should be rocking because it's got no excuses not to be given form and given how much this game means. It's um, yeah, it's the biggest game of our season so far. Um, a win sets us on a good path into, into the last sort of stretch of the season and a loss sort of just basically undoes that Brighton home game really and it, it undoes all of the sort of the good form that we've built um, and it starts it starts making us look, look over our shoulder again. Um, so yeah, there's no overstating just how big this game is. And Finn, as, as Jamie's alluding to there, it's the game where the onus is on us. I think we went into the Brighton game um, fairly confident because because we have been playing good football and, and we're always going to be confident at home regardless of who it is that we're going to put up a good fight. But this game is a little bit different because Sheffield United probably come into it with the kind of mentality where they do not want to lose. It wouldn't be a surprise if they they sort of put the backs to the wall and it's similar to, to how Bolton approached it, um, where they defend a lot deeper, but but try and break out with pace. So with the onus on us, do you expect it to be a different kind of game to, to what we've experienced the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I do. We won't be, we'll have more of the ball, so we won't be able to have that real aggressive press when we're off the ball, because I imagine we'll have quite a significant amount more, particularly at home. Um They'll, their defence will be sitting deep and absorbing pressure. But they have got some dangerous players, particularly going forward. As Jamie mentioned, Brereton Diaz, uh, there's McAtee as well, and uh, even Archer off the bench, or if he starts as well. They have got some very good attacking players that you can't really give those opportunities. Brereton Diaz has shown his ability in very limited chances he's had to. So you've got to keep them quiet first and foremost, and then use the dominance you have in the game to really to really make it count. And Kieran, when we speak about Sheffield United, um, they are 20th, of course. They've got 10 points from 23, 10 points from safety at the moment. When you look at the games Chris Wilder will be targeting for victories against a fellow relegation scrapper like us, you feel that 
if they are to survive, they're going to have to target this as a as a winnable fixture. Of course, and I think the thing is, he'd have had that same mentality when you think of the reverse fixture. And yes, we got the three points, and yes, you could argue there was a freak goals. But if you eliminate those freak goals, <clears throat> I think our chances were going to come anyway. And Sheffield United still didn't play particularly well in that game. Yes, I think that might have been Wilder's first game back actually, or his first or second at least. So it was very in like sort of in its infancy. But since then they've not shown any signs of improving whatsoever. So then at what point do you look at a team like Chef United? And I mean this in the nicest way possible, like at what point do does that squad of players actually believe they're gonna stay up at all? Like is there any belief there? Because like they would have looked at our game on boxing day and licked their lips and gone, well Come on then, let's have a bit of that. And yeah, luck went against them. But even then, their performance was crap. Not albeit ours was as well at the time. But then you look at, they go, they got Villa at home. Don't get me wrong, Villa, top side. But at home, you should be looking to at least try and assert some dominance. And 30 minutes in, they're 3-0 down. And they're kneeling over for these teams. And whether they're third, whether they're 12th, it's just getting bent over every week and there's no like there's no desire there's no fight and the trouble is you see what happens to teams when they come up against us because we're the exact opposite of that we have that fight we have that desire if we stick it on a murdy doors and we're two nil up in the even in let's say two nil up at half time it's not quite as extreme as the villa game where they were five down we're two two up at half time at home in a game that our fans will know three points is more vital and it means more to us really at this point, are they really going to want to come back after that? And then they lose to us on Saturday. Then what? Because then the number one rule of a relegation fight, beat the teams around you. They're not even doing that, but they're not even showing signs of beating them either. So touch words. A lot of people have said to me this week, it's going to be a walk in the park. It's not. I know that. It's not going to be easy breezy. It's not going to be a chaotic 4-4 like it was at Newcastle. But I'd like to think that the belief in our side will be stronger because those three points on Saturday will mean a lot more to us than a Sheffield United side who, yeah, there'll be seven from safety. But it's going to make no difference to their league position. Yeah, you'll have beaten Derby's points record. Oh, cool. Well done. But like, other than that, it, it means more to us in the current context of the league. If we win that, wonders for us and we keep that form going. I, I think the, the question that, that, that Bill asked actually had a, a good point within it. And I think it's probably for me the most inter- interesting part about how they'll set up, right? Because as, as much as it's, as it's a must-win for us, it's a must-win for them. Like A point does not do them any good. That, that they, they now need to start winning games to get out to get out of this a point for them on the weekend okay it's it's a, a it's a plus one on the board for them but it doesn't change their story it, it doesn't change the picture for them uh, whereas three points is it's, it's so 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 vital to them that they get the win rather than just hold out for a draw so if it is nil nil after 60 after 70 there will come a point where they will have to come out and try and get the three points otherwise a point is not a point is is you might as well get zero points rather than one points for them at, at this stage. So there will come a time if it's level with 
20, 20 minutes to go, that, that they will start to leave gaps, start to come out and, and start to try and get the three points. And I think it's just important for us to not to, to not lose our heads because we, we we know those moments will come at some point in, in the 90 minutes. As much as I would love us to show our, our, our strength and show our ability on the ball and the likes of Barkley and Lukonga really show their, their Premier League quality and win this game 3-4-0, of course I would love that. But ultimately to us is get the three points. So if we need to wait until minute 70 at 0-0 and not leave any gaps, not, don't go 1-0 down because if they go 1-0 down, then that's what the, the, that's when they will... Uh, sorry, if they, if they go 1-0 one, one up, that's when they will camp in and put 10 men behind the ball. Um, we, we, can't allow, we can't allow that to happen. Um, so it's just super important that we just don't lose our heads and even for us, keep it nil nil as long as possible, really, and then and then just make sure when we get that chance, because we will get that chance, we we'll, we will create chances because they've they've conceded fifty two goals in what twenty two games. Like they will they will give us a chance. We just need to make sure that we take that chance and take it at nil nil. Because if if we go one nil down, then that that just yeah that that makes the game a lot lot more tougher. You get the feeling as well that that first goal is going to be absolutely crucial regardless of, of what minute it comes. And, and Jamie, you speak about the importance of this game from a Luton perspective, but just looking at three points for Sheffield United brings it to, to seven points in terms of the gap between our, our two teams. That is going to be worrying. Um, seven points can easily be retrieved, whereas 13 points if Luton, when you start you know, basically believing fully that Sheffield United won't be able to catch us and that's one team to tick off the list. It's really, really important in that respect. It's also really important for them because there's, you know, a fair few fixtures you look at in terms of the teams around us and you think there's a very good opportunity for us to win this and the teams around us to, to maybe not pick up all three points. Yeah, the teams around us have got some real tough fixtures. Crystal Palace are in free fall at the moment and they've got Chelsea and I know Chelsea are very inconsistent um, but they when they turn up, they can cause problems and Palace have got a real issue with injuries as well. And it's teams like that and games like that where you really hope that we can do our job so we don't need to rely on other teams not getting results. We do our job and then we've done it for ourselves and we've pulled ourselves up the table without having to worry about other teams, yeah. Um, and going back to what Jamie said about the amount of goals um, Sheffield United have conceded, their fans will be begging for something. They've seen an absolute horror show this season. They've seen some huge home defeats and their fans will just be hoping that they just give them something to celebrate. And that's when we've got to be really careful because the players will be aware of that, especially the ones that have been there a while. They'll be aware that their fans follow them week in, week out, and they just really need them to give them something. So that's where the Kenny's got to be really up for it as well because there'll be noise coming from their end. It could be one of the noisier way-ins we've had at Kenilworth Road all season, which in the Premier League quite often isn't saying that much, but there's a real risk of, as we mentioned before, that it is a potential slip-up for us if we're not at it. Yeah, how many games in the past can, can you sort of think about where, where confidence is really high and a team that uh, obviously bang out of form come and really frustrate us? Um, that's what Sheffield United will be playing on. That's what Chris Wilder will try to be instilling into his players during training this week, that this is a real opportunity for them. Um, but again, turning the tension on to Sheffield United, and I'm aware this is sounding a little bit like a Blades podcast at this point, but at the moment, from 11 away games 
Sheffield United have picked up just two points there. They're yet to win, I believe, away from home, which is, you know, very, very difficult for those travelling fans. But at the same time, records are there to be broken and they will have belief. Um, they will be targeting this game, as we, as we mentioned before. They're on the back of a 5-0 defeat. And, and regardless of how bad things have been this season for them, there will be an element of a reaction. Um, there will be talk of a reaction. Wilder will be gearing his players up for a reaction because they're in that kind of desperate state now. Um, Sheffield United, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're a bad team. I don't think they're probably, um, I don't think they're rightly, rightly branded as this really poor team that that shouldn't um, be anywhere near the Premier League. Um, again, what people said about us. They're just finding things very, very difficult. And, and should they get relegated, you expect them to be very strong. Um, you think of Southampton, they they picked up, what, just 20 points last season as well. So they're not a, they're not a side that are in danger of slipping. They've still got a, a very good squad. It just becomes a lot more mental for them now, um, this sort of relegation dogfight they, see, they, they find themselves in. And when you consider the rest of the campaign, this this game against Luton, from, from their perspective, is absolutely massive. In January, they added Mason Holgate. Um, they also brought in Ben Brereton Diaz. Do you think they're players of quality that, that given time, they could, well, I say Ben Brereton Diaz first, a, a player that could threaten. We know what he could do in the context of the championship. Do you think he's a player that, that could be a real fawn in our side, Kieran? I do like Brereton Diaz. Um, you mentioned Holgate. I'm not remotely convinced, purely because he was at Saints and didn't do a lot at all. Wasn't remotely convincing for them. So <clears throat> it's quite interesting. He's managed to bag a move higher up a league. Um, different context, of course. But then when it comes to Diaz, I think he's that sort of... He's that wildcard pick, isn't he? Where like he went to Villarreal and it's just he's just not kicked on. He showed his quality in the championship season after season. He was consistently good enough. So then Chef United, I guess, in terms of the level that they're playing at, at the moment, is that sort of level, is championship level football, hence why they're at the basement of the league. But I'm, there's still question marks because there's only, and it's the same with any player, right? Any player of any quality, like Gustavo Harmer is such a big example. I said that he's the sort of player that grabs games by the scruff of the neck. That's how I described him at Coventry. But even with that sort of context, let's say, there's only so much that an individual player can do to influence a team's performance. And it's a bit different when you've got, in our case, we've got a Ross Barkley. difference of Ross Barkley is he plays in such an influential position and brings the best out of other players. Whereas with a player like Diaz, as quality as he is, because we know that the, the talent is there, he plays in a position that relies on other people. Like He's not going to be that sort of player that makes the chances himself. He relies on other people to give him those key chances. And yeah, if you get him into those areas, he's probably going to score a hatful of goals. Are Sheffield United right now the team that are creating many chances? No. League table shows it. In 23 games, they've scored 19 goals. And I'm fairly certain that Diaz has scored two of those. They've conceded 59. So they're never really in a position that screams, we're going to create bags of chances every single week. They'll probably rely on one or two. But again, 
as good as Diaz is, <clears throat> you look at the players that we're going to have man marking him, you're going to be looking at Ogbené and Mengi, most likely, or Mengi and Kabore, depending on who starts at wing-back, or even Hashioka. That's another one, wild card. But either way, I'm more than confident that they'll put a stop to anything that he's going to offer. So I'm not worried. There's, yeah, of course, no matter who you play against, there's always going to be quality. But in terms of what Sheffield United offer, I just think we have that bit more. We have a hell of a lot more. We can If we're putting four past Newcastle and we're putting four past Brighton, they're two big sides, two sides that have been playing European football this season and Brighton are doing incredibly well in Europe. If we can put eight goals combined past those two sides, we can definitely put goals past Sheffield United and more so keep them out and dent that confidence. We're going to head into a short break, but when we're back, we're going to speak about the other team in this fixture, that, that team called Luton Town. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for part two of today's episode. And I think it's about time we talk Luton Town because it has been, as we've mentioned in the last few shows, it's been an incredible time to support Luton. Um, I know this season as a whole has been, but, but these last couple of weeks have just hit some sort of higher levels. We'll start with the blossoming partnership that is Sambi Lukonga and Ross Barkley. And Sambi Lukonga, he's not mentioned as, as much as Barkley. Uh, Barkley steered in the headlines, but but Lukonga has been absolutely fantastic. And those two, as a midfield partnership, you just don't want to be facing them. And I think I've seen a stat, somebody put it on Twitter, um, that we've won four, drawn three. And lost one, sorry, of the eight games that those two have started together, which just says it all, really. It just shows how influential that pairing is, not just from a chance creation standpoint or a ball retention standpoint, but but sort of every aspect of the game. Those two together have improved us. And, you know, we've spoken in the last podcast, it, it sort of allowed Doughty and, and Ogbené to, to play higher. But it really does... Uh, Jamie, it really does have a positive impact on the whole team when those two are starting alongside one another. Yeah, for sure. And lots has been made about other players in the team, Mengi and Doughty and E-likes, for example. But for me, that that pairing is the core of the team and I think is ex- and, and is, is the biggest reason behind why we're doing so well in, in, in recent weeks. I think the facts speak for themselves. I think their first Game because their first game in this one in terms of together was that was that that game against Newcastle at home and since then we've not really looked back. Um, so yeah, 
absolutely vital and our record of getting mid, uh, low midfielders is pretty good with Marv last year being probably the core reason we, we, we got promoted. I think I think getting the Campbell on loan was, was massive last year and getting the Congo on loan is probably going to be one of the big reasons if and why we stay up. Um, so from these remaining, what, 16 games, we, we're going to need them to play probably 12, 13 or more of those 16 games if we're going to stand a chance of staying up. Um, so yeah, and then if we do stay up, the things I would do to sign to just just to get him permanently, because um, if we do get that that two together, not just over the six month period that they'll play together, um, but imagine them with a full summer together and then another full season next year. I think that they're only going to get better because it's still a, a a sort of a new partnership together. Um, and then if you look at it. The, the, the opponents this weekend you got Gus Harmer and likely um, Zuzu alongside him um, yeah I think it's 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 night and day I think I, I love Harmer as a, as a player but for me I think in the midfield two against Barkley and and the Congo is going to find it tough especially if we play in that same system where Clicker drops in as well um, so yeah I think the, the midfield battle is certainly one to win um, this weekend uh, and, and yeah and, and if we do have it that, that, that put us very much on the path to three points. And it's funny you mentioned Gus Harmer there because you sort of cast your mind back to, to May when we won promotion and he was a name on, on lots of Luton fans' lips because of how influential he, he had mm. been in the championship. The majority of Luton fans, I'd say, would have loved to have signed Harmer there and then. But you look at Lukonga and Barkley, the levels they are consistently displaying, the, the standard they've set, and you think, yeah, well, well, a player like Gus Harmer wouldn't get minutes at the moment. Um, yeah, that's just another sort of measure of success we've had this season. Um, those two have just been been absolutely fantastic. We'll also mention, I think Colton Morris deserves a, Mor- a, a Morris a, a mention because he has again come back into the side after a sort of a spell where, like Elijah had to endure at the start of the season where he had to be a bit patient. He had to do his work from the bench. He's done that and now he's starting games again and he's been very, very influential. I think his ability to find space in between the midfield and, and defensive lines the last couple of weeks has been, been fantastic. The key reason why we've sort of progressed up the pitch as quickly as we've done um, and, and the key reason why we've created big chances for, for Elijah how impressed for any of you been with, with Colton Morris since, you know, coming back into to the starting eleven and and the performances that he's delivered? What what have you made of him? Oh, he's a massive player, and not just his physical presence, which he is an incredibly strong footballer. He holds players off for fun. But his leadership as well. He's one of the players that's always over to the crowd, getting the crowd going before a game, especially when Tom Lockie is not there. You always see Morris turning around pumping his fists and getting the crowd ready before a match. And I think that is a massive part of a team as well. Having that leader who he seems to really care when he plays. And that's the one thing a fan can ask for, even if you're not performing, someone who cares when they plays, but he is performing as well. And his composure against Newcastle, he took a penalty too early, took the penalty again, put it in exactly the same place. And the confidence that takes to do that is so impressive. And he just seems so composed and he's absolutely relishing playing in that um, role next to Adebayo, but in it being able to drop slightly deeper though with Clicker just behind. And it's almost like the way we were playing last season when we had those three working tandem together up top. 
and he's absolutely relishing that opportunity to get now he's back in the side. And I'd like that you've mentioned Clicker there because he is the player I'm going to go on to next. Um, we, we briefly spoke about him in the last pod, but just watching some of the Newcastle game back, he was at the levels of, of last season where he was, you know, taking the mick at times. His footwork is, is incredible. Um, I didn't, I didn't think he'd, I thought he'd struggle a little bit more this season in terms of the physicality demands, the, the quality getting better. I didn't think he'd be as influential, but his performance against Newcastle and against Brighton in both games has been really, really positive. And he then, Kieran, he becomes a really important player. And, and how many times have we seen that this season where a player comes into the starting eleven, performs very well over a couple of games space and you're thinking... You know, how can we go into a next game without them playing? Uh, you think of Jacob Brown at, at certain times this season. You think of Andrus Townsend when he's come in, Ogbené when he was operating on the left wing. Players like that becoming really important cogs in, in what we're doing. Um, but that just makes life, well, I guess, in a way, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult for, for Edwards to select players. But at the same time, that's the kind of competition levels you want as a manager. I think it, it gives you that confidence, doesn't it? Because again, like a lot of people said with the transfer window, that they would have quite liked one or two additions. But then when you sort of sit back and think about it, you look at the squad we've got on paper and there's a reason that we as fans speak so highly of the players we've got, whether that's them playing 90 minutes or that's them playing 20 minutes or how Rob considers our group a tight-knit group and this, that and the other. There's, <clears throat> like, there's a reason that's become a thing and there's a reason we've not made the transfers because there's confidence in this squad like how many times do we look at players on the pitch like you just mentioned like Jordan Clark his work in tight spaces by the way is an absolute joke like we talk about Barkley and the confidence that we have when that man gets on the ball and we're very much like oh yeah cool every time he gets the ball we're calm we're just going to sit and watch the amount of times we mentioned Newcastle then. The amount of times Jordan Clark, as an example, he was like, say, double marked or triple marked. This man's got the ball at his feet. He'll just swerve his way out. And you often think, no, nah, that's it. He'll lose the ball there. And he just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his centre of gravity. I don't know if it's because he's tiny. I don't know if he's just that fucking good. But he just always finds his way out. He's a, he's a little fighter of a player as well. Like when he does lose the ball, he, you best believe he's sprinting back to go and chase it back. And that's, as fans, that's all we want. Like Finn alluded to it then about Morris and his hard work and his commitment. And even when you're not having a good game, just give it everything that you can physically give. And I think that's the difference. Again, like the difference between us and a lot of teams we're fighting with down there is just because every player, there's the same Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough. Chef United, bags of talent in their team. Burnley, insane amounts of talent in their team. Everton, even Everton have some talented players. And that, that's really hard for me to say. But even Everton have some talented players. Palace have talented players. Brentford, Forest. Yet we're still competing with them. But our squad on paper, apparently, is by far the worst in the league. Why? Because every single player whether it's for one minute or 90 minutes can works hard for this team at any given point in the season and that will always prevail 
So when we talk about the likes of Jordan Clark, oh, can he step up to the Prem? Of course he can, as long as he gives it his all. Barkley, is he still good enough to play for Luton? Is he still good enough to play in the Prem? Yes, he is. Townsend, no one wanted him. We did. We took a punt on him. And thank God we did. Like, it's all these little things add up. And that's what makes a tight-knit group, is if you give confidence to one player and you tell them they can do it, now give that same mentality to 25. And imagine the state that that would breed within a football club. That's why we're doing so well. And that's why, not just us four, that's why any podcaster or any Luton fan or whoever has so much praise for these players that nine times out of ten, people look out on paper and go, huh, I ain't having him. Like Burnley. Oh, we don't want Townsend. He's gash. All right. We will, though. Because we'll get more out of him than they will. It's a fantastic sight. And to everyone watching and listening, I bet, I really seriously bet you thought you were going to get away without a Kieran Rump, but uh, there he is <laughs> in all of his glory. We had to wait, what, 30-odd minutes for it, but there it is for all. Let's go on to Chris Wilder. Um, we'll, we'll end it sorry, with, with a bit of Chris Wilder. I should have really done it with the Sheffield United segment, but, but he is a man that's said a few weird things recently, and it's usually a sign of a manager under pressure. Um, Jamie, I'm going to come to you with, with this. Do you see him as a, a manager under pressure, or do you think he sees this out re- sort of regardless of, of what happens? Do you think he'll be trusted with sort of a rebuilding project if it goes that way for Sheffield United? Um, because he seems under pressure, um, like a lot of managers do when they start saying weird things. Um, and i.e. For, for the example of the weird thing is the sandwich thing that's um, made its way around Twitter and, and all socials. Um, when a manager starts saying weird things, there, there usually is um, pressure involved, shall we say. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased you mentioned the sandwich thing because I was going to turn it back on to you and ask you what your favourite meal of choice was. But um, no, I've, I've got my BLT as part of a Sainsbury meal do in the fridge ready for Saturday. Um, yeah, just yeah. I think it's just a sign of a manager under pressure. I think there's not much more to say than that. Um, clearly, there's passion involved as well because it's his, it's his boy club, which I think multiplies the feeling even more. Um, which I think you have to probably make allowances for because if if I was in in his situation as manager of Luton, I'd I'd probably be losing my head as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think he took on a bit of a basket case club at, at the time, um, not just based on performances or the current state of the squad, but from from right up top, um, recruitment's not been anywhere near good enough. You think how much they spent, did they need to spend £25 million on Archer and Hamer individually? No. And this is what I was saying to the to the Blaze fan in my office, like every single player we signed in the summer, they could have signed, but they didn't because they just not sorted out as a club. Um so and then, in terms of going back to what Wilder in 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 him as a manager, um, if that was any other club at that point of the season, he would he would have taken it, but he took it because it because it's his boyhood club. Um, so he he risked the absolute basket case and hall pass of a appointment just because he wanted to try and be the man that saved his club. Um, but to be fair to him, he's probably done it at the right time because he might have negotiated a, a clause where he isn't sat in the summer if they go down. It was a bit of a free hit and then he's manager of the of, of his boy club back in the championship next year again. So, 
Uh, I think either way, he knows he's probably almost unsackable given where they were, where they are and, and where they will be in the summer. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've got... I was going to say a lot of time for Wilder. I think he's probably lost a bit of it given his previous stints. I mean, if, if, he, if he rolled back a few years, I would have had him in a heartbeat at Luton. Um, but that's why 2020 are where they are because I think I wouldn't have had Edwards at the time. Um, I think if, if it was Edwards v Wilder at the time we appointed Edwards, I would have been like, now nah, Wilder for sure. Um, but yeah, that's it shows how much we know, eh? Let's get on to some score predictions then. And we start with, he's just spoken there, but we'll give Mr Optimistic a chance to get in there first. Jamie, what do you think the score will be come Saturday? Um, On the basis, we're going to see probably one of our favourite loan signings of all time at Kenworth Road at the weekend in Reese Norrington Davies. Um I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing Ogbené go up against him and have him on toast. Um, so I think Chio might have some joy down that that right side again at the weekend. So I'm going to go Luton Town three, Sheffield United nil. Finn, what about you, mate? So I was going to mention Norrington Davis earlier on. <laughs> um, yeah. I was going to say it'd be interesting to see what he can offer coming back. Um, but no, I think. If Luton perform the way we know they can perform and the way every pundit in the country seems to suddenly, well, not every pundit, but most pundits seem to have realised we can perform, then I think we'll be massive favourites and we really should be getting a result. And for me, I think it's going to be a 3-1. And Kieran, are you as positive or are you the one that, that might go with the banana slip? There is no banana slip apple in here, gents. It is very much... It's not going to be plain sailing. It's not going to be an easy cruise. But it is going to end Luton Town 3, Sheffield United 2. I'm going to... Oh, that's a difficult one because I'm very... Yeah, as we've all spoken about that, that opportunity for a potential banana skin has to be considered here, especially with how high we're feeling at the moment. Uh, what better way to, to bring us back down to earth? But yeah, I, I just think of, of the performance levels over a consistent basis, the belief in the group, how well we're coached. I think of everything about this club at the moment and, and genuinely have this, this real level of excitement, similar to when we've had that sort of promotion run in League One and, and everything seemed to go our way. Um, the feeling is still good. So I'm going to go like, I think it was Jamie, I'm going to go Luton free. Uh, I was going to say Stoke them, but I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I think because we're talking about Norrington Davies. Um, but yeah, Sheffield United, nil. That concludes everything for today. A big thank you to everyone watching and listening. And a big thank you to the three of you for joining We'll be back to talk all thing result when we um, when we're back next week after this Sheffield United game. But until then, it is goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.